no longer in apartment 125, but it is surely unfiltered. Welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. As promised, finally going to get you guys my UNC basketball transfer episode. Going to be talking about the guys going out. Going to be talking about the guys coming in. I guess we'll start with the beginning of the timeline. Uh, we're going to hop into this right away. I'm recording this right after my NFL draft recap. So if you haven't listened to that, go hear my thoughts on the NFL draft. Go hear how I thought the first few picks went and how the New York Giants did. But we're talking basketball now. Let's start from where it all began. It was around March 13th, maybe. Tyler Nickel announced that he was going to enter the transfer portal. He would become one of six Tar Heels to enter the portal. Following him would be Justin McCoy. And then Dontrez Styles, Puff Johnson would be the fourth one. And then the big one would be, I believe Will Shaver was also in there. But the big one was Caleb Love leaving UNC. Obviously, the other guys, Nickel, Puff Johnson, Dontra Styles, bench guys. Puff was definitely a little more of a contributor being our sixth man. But I want to talk about Caleb Love first. In my opinion, this, this was a a needed mutual decision between both sides. Caleb Love, who clearly wants to go pro, needs to go be the man elsewhere. It wasn't working here. Um, he was he had a low motor defensively. Obviously, the poor shot selection was present throughout his time at Carolina, and and it just didn't seem like Hubert was the right coach to to push him and motivate him. Hubert is very positive. He doesn't. It doesn't really seem like he gets on his players like like a like a Calipari or a, or a Tom Izzo that's a way better example Tom Izzo you know he's not as not as hard on him I don't I don't know and I don't know if he pushed him as as hard as Caleb needs to be pushed and you know if you gotta go grab Caleb and sit him down for a bad shot Huber didn't do that and I think he needs a coach that's gonna do that is Jawan Howard gonna be that coach I honestly don't know because Michigan is desperate right now they lost three very good players they lost Hunter Dickinson to the portal they lost Jet Howard and and, and uh Bufkin to the draft so Caleb's going to Michigan I do think he'll get the keys to the offense he'll get what he wants he will in my opinion go up against worse guards I think the Big Ten is a a notorious big man league and they just don't have the guard play that the ACC does with Duke and Miami and Virginia even even some of the the schools in the middle of the pack still have some pretty solid guards but I think this was the right decision for Caleb. And then and then from UNC's perspective, you know, last year, this past season, we didn't really know who was the guy. And I think this now solidifies players' roles better. Armando Baycott is now our, like, for sure, surefire best player. He's our go-to guy. The offense needs to revolve around him, not Caleb Love. RJ Davis is now the only pure point guard. He is going to be the point guard running the offense this entire upcoming season. There's no confusion whether RJ or Caleb is going to be running the offense. They don't have to split responsibilities now. Now RJ can focus just on being the the lead guard. I felt like Hubert just the entire season just kept mixing it up. Didn't know which one he wanted to run the offense. And, and I think the, the one month of basketball, we figured it out and actually played some good ball. He had RJ run the point and Caleb just be the 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 scoring guard on at the two. So I think I think this this makes Hubert's life easier with with lineups. I think it makes the the all the players' lives easier. They know their two best players. When the game's on the line, you want RJ Davis with the ball and you want him to give it to Armando Baycott, or you want to put RJ in a situation where he can get a good look. Now the poor shot selection from, from Caleb won't be there. I, I think uh, it, it just rubbed off on the team 
bad. And and now this is a this is a new era almost. Again, six guys left the portal. No Puff Johnson off the bench. The bench is definitely very unsolidified. We don't know who's going to be the sixth man, the the second, third guy off the bench. How deep is Hubert going to go to his bench? He definitely needs to go deeper than he has the past two years. But overall, I, I think Caleb leaving is a good thing for both sides. If Caleb wants to go pro, I don't think he's going to do it at UNC. He needs to go somewhere where he can improve his efficiency, improve him his play on the defensive end, and then just learn how to be a leader and run an offense. It was too much AAU ball at UNC for Caleb Love, but we're still going to miss him. He's still got loads of talent, and I think he's going to get there. I think he's going to have a stellar year at Michigan. I think he's going to be an early second-round pick, but... And we can't forget, he has one of the best shots in Tar Heel history. He was the player who knocked Coach K out into retirement, out of the Final Four, his ended ended his career, prevented him from getting his storybook national championship, and Caleb Love had, what do you have that game, like 27 points? I mean, he was, he was electric, and that's who Caleb Love is, and I hope Caleb Love can can definitely do that at Michigan. I, I obviously wish him all the best. I loved his game. I love his confidence. I, I just think he needs a little more discipline in his game, and and hopefully Michigan can do that. But then for UNC, this is definitely a, a turning of the of the page. No more leaky black. I think the whole Iron Five thing is gone. The shadow of Brady Manic has been erased now, in my opinion, because Pete Nance didn't fill it. We know that we need to change it up a little bit. So what better way to change it up than go into the transfer portal? You got six roster spots. And they go and pick up a few guys who I think can definitely make some contributions. Let's start. It, it, this was just a few hours after Caleb Love announced he was uh, transferring, or a few hours maybe after he had, he announced he was going to Michigan. I, I one of those. But Paxson Wojcik, guard from Brown, he announced that he was coming to UNC. The first of the transfers, he averages 15 points a game, seven rebounds, three assists, 46 percent from the field. 38% from three. He has shot above 38% or more from three in, the, in three of his four seasons. He will be a grad transfer. For me, Wojcik, he's going to be a, a, a guy off the bench who's going to knock down three for He's got experience. He played at Loyola Chicago before he went to Brown. I wonder how he's going to translate over to the power five. He's six, five. Uh, um, but, but the experience is certainly there since he's played four years, but I think the shooting is definitely going to be his biggest thing. If he can come into the game, knock down a few shots, play some solid defense. I, I think he could carve himself out a role. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm excited about Wojcik. Jalen Withers was next. He is a six, nine small forward power forward. He averaged nine and five at Louisville. He shot 42% from three. I'm actually going to check right now. Um, he, he did it on two, no, not two attempts a game. He did it on three attempts a game. So I think that's a little misleading. He didn't take too many of them. Uh, but Withers, he's going to be, he's going to be physical. He's, uh, he, he's definitely shown the ability to score, but Withers for me is such a wild card because he played on, on such a bad Louisville team where, you know, they, they went like four and 26. He it's, it was just a losing culture. And I wonder how he's going to transfer over to a much more intense program with much higher expectations. I mean, he's, I mean, being a part of a losing program for three years that, I mean, that is tough and it's different, but he did start 29 of the 32 games. He played 25 minutes a game and at the minimum it's front court depth. So I think out of the four transfers, I am the least excited about Jalen Withers just because I, I just, 
question how how much he's gonna produce um I feel like we don't really know his game that much because he played for such a bad Louisville team. Um, but these next two transfers are definitely ones I'm I'm very, very excited about. I think these are two guys that should start from day one. I think these are two guys that should play 25 to 30 minutes a game. Let's start with Notre Dame grad transfer guard Cormac Ryan. 6'5". He's going to be a grad transfer. This past season on on a very bad Notre Dame team uh, that severely just missed expectations after making the second uh, round of the tournament the previous year. Cormac Ryan averaged 12 points a game. He had four rebounds, two and a half assists. He shot 41% from the field, only 34% from three, but on much higher volume. He shot 10 over 10 shots a game, shot over uh, around six threes a game, both career high. So his uh. Actually, not good, not in three points, but uh, his usage usage was much much higher uh, this past season at Notre Dame. But I think the key thing for for Cormac Ryan, when when you look at what he's going to bring, go back and watch his highlights versus Alabama in the first round of the tournament two tournaments ago in 2022. He scored 29 points. I believe he was like 10 of 13 from the field. And he is a shot maker. He he is a very, very good, I would call him a knockdown shooter. The year before Notre Dame, he shot 41% from three-point range. And just seeing, seeing, I mean, seeing him on TV a few times, he's got good shot form. Um, he shoots with confidence. He can scream off of screen so he can catch and shoot. He can definitely shoot off the dribble. So if you don't know much about Cormac Ryan, go watch that game. And that's his ceiling. This is a guy who can get hot really fast. He can knock down shots. He might be a little streaky at times, but, uh, but I think Cormac can add a lot as a shooter from beyond the arc. I think he's going to shoot 38% plus from, from the three point range. I think, uh, we'll get him some good looks. And because we need the shooting Cormac Ryan could arguably be the best shooter on this team that we've had in the last four years. Uh, well, Brady Manic. He, he's not better than Brady Manic. But since Brady Manic, Cormac Ryan could be our best shooter. So I think we, I have very high expectations for him. And, and whether we start him at the two guard or at the three if, and we want to go small, again, he's got length. He is 6'5", so not like 6'7", 6'8", like Leakey was. But I think he can stretch the floor really well. And, and, and I think uh, good, good enough defensively where he's not a liability, but I think he can provide a good offensive punch from the perimeter. And then arguably the jackpot so far for the Tar Heels getting Harrison Ingram out of Stanford played two years. He averaged 10.5 points, six, and then, and then close to six rebounds, four assists for the Cardinal six, seven former five-star recruit, former McDonald's all American. And this guy can just do it all. I mean, he, He's going to be your point forward, going to be a great defender, going to be a good ball distributor, going to score when he's needed. He only shot 41% from the field, 32% from three. So he's not an elite shooter, but he is just, a, in my opinion, a gadget guy who can do it all. I mean, he can defend, he can pass, he, he's going to play team basketball, he's athletic, he can dunk on people, he had a great dunk at Stanford, I, I think he has capabilities of, of scoring consistently at all three levels, and hopefully we don't refine him and just stick him in the leaky black world where they just sit in the corner and do nothing all game. Harrison Ingram, again, four or five star recruit, he's got talent, and this is a guy who probably wants to prove himself after after being in purgatory in in, in 
California playing for Stanford in the Pac-12, which is already not a good conference. And Stanford, that's not even that good at basketball. So I'm glad he's coming here. I think Harrison Ingram can be a stud, and I think he can be a great third option next to RJ and Armando. I think he's got star potential written all over him. And this is such a big deal because the potential is there. It was shown in his high school recruiting. And even then, he put up 10-6-4 for a bad Stanford team. This guy can do it all, and I and I mean that. Great two-way player. This is a fantastic get from Hubert Davis. And I think his scoring, uh, his, his shooting percentages will, will be higher. I could see him averaging around 13, uh, maybe maybe 11 to 13 points a game for the Tar Heels next to RJ and Armando Me, that consistent third scoring option. So those that, that's my analysis of the four incoming transfers. We still have two spots left, and there's still the possibility of Elliot Cadeau, class of 2024, five-star guard, to reclass up to 2023 and join the team this upcoming season. So I'm going to get into potential starting lineups, but I'm not going to I'm not going to account for Cadeau just yet. If he does reclass, I'll make an episode about it and then and then talk about where our, our, our rotation could go from there. But that is a real possibility that Elliot Cadeau could reclass up and and be in the class of 2023 because the only recruits we have coming in are Simeon Wilcher and Zayden High. So, and then again, two spots left. Uh, the transfer portal is definitely thinning out a little bit. But if you're asking me about projected starting lineups, I think you have two options. I think you can go, you know, what we've done the past two years with Hubert. And obviously, RJ and Armando are cemented, but you could go Cormac at the three. Or sorry, Cormac at the two. You could go Harrison Ingram at the three, and then you throw Jalen Washington in there. I, I feel like I'm one of his biggest fans. I love me some Jalen Washington. Hopefully he gets a little bigger in the offseason, but he, he can be a stretch four. And and that would kind of go along with that two big offense that Roy Williams would run. And 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 uh, if his shot's consistent enough, run him at the four. So I think that's one idea where you where you go Jalen at the four. But my my idea. Looking at this roster, yes, we are a little undersized, but why not go small? Why not run a four-out offense where you go RJ, and then you can go Simeon Wilcher. I want to see this freshman play. I don't want him buried on the bench. I think he can be better than DeMarco Dunn. I think he can be better than Seth Trimble. I know Seth Trimble is a great Great defender, smart player, but I, his shot has to get better, um, especially if you know he's on the court with with guys who can't shoot. But hopefully, now that we have guys like Cormac in there, Seth might be a little more effective uh, with teams not being able to cheat o- cheat off of Leaky anymore. But I think Simeon could be a guy to start. I think if you wanted to go Seth, you could obviously. Uh, I mean, the Cadeau decision. Why not throw the five star in there? Um, if 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 you want, but, but again, we got to see where that goes, but I, I would love to see maybe RJ and Simeon, Simeon playing off ball. He's definitely your pass first guard Cormac at the three. You can go Harrison to play small ball at the four, but then what you're doing is you're giving Baycott room to operate inside. So, so teams can't clog the paint because Leaky couldn't shoot because Caleb was in, was inconsistent because Pete Nance didn't shoot that well either. Teams just clogged the paint and double teamed Armando Baycott. The thing is now, if Baycott sees that double team coming, some can cut into the middle. Some can be open for a three. There's going to be someone open and, and, I think we'll have more room to drive. And and again, and more importantly, Baycott, it needs to be his paint. And it was just too crowded last year for him to really be effective offensively. So I think this will give him, that is my preferred lineup. It'll give him room to operate, to be be that go-to scorer. 
and I think it'll make life easier for RJ2 to, you know, to drive into lanes, drive and kick, get some better ball movement in there. Hopefully this group can really move the ball well. But that would be my preferred starting lineup right now. Those guys I just mentioned. And then off the bench, I want to see Seth Trimble be the sixth man, 1,000%. And the good thing with that four-guard lineup, pretty much, is you can run Jalen, excuse me, you can run Jalen Washington as your backup center. You can have Jalen back up Armando. He's going to get consistent playing time. You don't have to play Armando 35 minutes a game. You can play Armando 30 minutes and maybe you want to run, maybe you want to run Jalen together, but play Jalen 10 to 15 minutes a game, maybe 20 if, if you know, if you so choose to do so, I, I wouldn't mind that whatsoever, but you have your two bigs that are cemented. Zayn Highwood we could be a stretch for as well. Don't know too much about him compared to Simeon, but whether it's Wojcik or DeMarco, I think Hubert has to go eight minimum off the bench maybe even nine guys we saw with UConn the power of having a good bench those guys Joey Calcaterra Naheem Mullaney and Donovan Klingon coming off the bench their production stayed the same they sustained sustained the production from the starters and that's why teams couldn't compete with them in the tournament because they they had guys on fresh legs the whole game and, and you got teams like Miami or or uh, trying to think who else I run into Gonzaga with shorter benches who just who just didn't have the the juice to keep up and just seeing how a productive bench how far that can go for a team not only to be a good team but to make a deep tournament run it, it's it's huge and that's what we lacked last year because when you have a guy when you have a Caleb Love who isn't shooting the ball well we didn't have anyone to redo to replace his production and and play better because Hubert didn't develop his bench and and I feel like this is I've this I've been a broken record about this, but we needed to to build our bench out. So Hubert has to do that if this team wants to be successful. You've got your two guys who are going to play thirty to thirty five minutes a game with with RJ and Armando. But in terms of these other guys, you got to rotate them in and out. You got to give them time to get comfortable within the game, but don't play them 35 to 37 minutes where they're going to gas out towards the end of the game and have all their shots fall short. I felt like that happened so many times where we'd sputter out at the end of games. So so my point being, I don't think there is one lineup that's going to be set in stone. I hope there's not an iron five. I hope you can play eight to 10 guys, solid minutes. And, and you know, maybe with RJ being a senior, have Seth run point when, when RJ's out. I think get a backup point guard in there. You never know who you need to rely on. And we just didn't have anyone we, we we could rely on off the bench because we didn't develop them. So I'm hoping we can do that. Uh, when when looking at, you know, the rest of this roster, I, I think another wing from from a transfer portal perspective would, would would be good. Getting another wing player would, would really help. Maybe at the power forward spot, even maybe like a backup center. Like, I, I'd have to look at who's out there but getting a backup big or a backup four man or even a backup small forward might might help but at this point I think we know who our who our main contributors are going to be and and it'll be interesting because you know this is a this Tario team has talent but you know it's not the five-star talent that's going to be there in 2024 but this team it not a redemption is the wrong word they need to get back to who they are and get back to what Carolina basketball is because I don't know what that was last year so if I had to grade our transfer portal, I'm going to give it a B plus. 
I think we got a couple really good players with, with Ingram and, and Cormac Ryan who can be an in, impact instantly. And then two other guys that, that are a bit, you know, uh, I, question marks per se. How will Wojcik transfer over from playing in the Ivy League? And then how will Withers, you know, you know who, who is he as a player? Because he was in, in, in Louisville for, th- for three years and in a very bad program. So, and, but then also the fact we got... Uh, Got some a couple of very good freshmen coming in, and then you have your two guys who are cemented as your best players. That is so important. It is RJ and Armando's team now. It, I mean, no Iron Five crap. Let's keep it to them. That's gonna do it for today's episode. Really hope you enjoyed my uh, my thoughts on UNC basketball and uh, what we have upcoming. It's been a wild ride. The transfer portal is alive more than ever. It is it is the new thing in college basketball. Recruiting is gonna be so huge, and Hubert Davis I think has done a good job getting after the season we had especially getting getting players getting the talent that we've gotten in there i think it's exceptional because if we didn't get a harrison ingram someone someone up to that level i think we'd be in trouble but i i'm i'm very excited about that specific pickup but thank you so much for listening and i'll speak to you next time